Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JMAC Tries podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Today's guest, another extraordinary human being, um, and I say that in the broadest sense possible. He is an amazing athlete, but he's also an amazing person. He's Sydney Smith. You know him on Instagram as try underscore no feet. He's a double amputee that went through the amputation process a little over two years ago to um, take care of a disease that had debilitated his body for his entire life. And he made the conscious decision to go through with the amputation surgery. And as he's sitting in the recovery room in his hospital bed, and this is in October two years ago, he turns on NBC and what pops up? Yes, Iron Man Kona on NBC. Here he is sitting in bed after going through the surgery and watching all these amazing athletes cross the finish line. And his first goal is um, not to walk. His first goal is to swim and then bike and then run in Kona, cross that finish line someday soon. And for those of you listening, you know that um, he is probably the same thoughts that any one of us would have in that same situation. So here we are, little over two years later, and Sydney has competed in and finished in finished multiple um, triathlons, some sprint distance, Olympic distance, just finished his third 70.3, which was St. George last month, a really gnarly course, and he, uh, he finished and did awesome. And next month, he has his first full marathon on the docket, and he's raising money for a great organization to help amputees get running blades. And we go into a little bit more detail about why running blades are important to an amputee uh, running versus just regular walking prosthetics. Um, go follow Sydney, try underscore no feet. His um, campaign is called Lend a Leg. And again, he's trying to raise money for these uh, individuals who've gone through the amputation process and are looking for blades to run on. So that's his marathon coming up next month with the goal of 2019 doing his first Iron Man. So it's a great conversation with a great individual. And before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody out there, my listeners, my followers, for the five stars on iTunes, for the shares, for the follower, for the follows, for the comments. Keep them coming. Truly appreciate it. And um, besides these awesome conversations that I'm doing weekly, stay tuned for more one-offs that I'm going to be dropping um, every couple of days, once or twice a week. So fun conversations and fun shows are coming your way. And again, thank you to Zane Cycles for supporting my pod and supporting my triathlon season. So without further ado... Sydney Smith. Hello, Sydney. Hello. How are you again? <laughs> I am great. So we were chatting about the weather out in Utah, and you said that this year has been uh, been a little better than past seasons for spring. Oh, absolutely. Um, last year, uh, I had a race in May where a week before it was snowing on us, and then at the race, it was like 95, 90, 96 degrees. So holy crap, it, it can get bad, but this year has been great. Like we only, only had to, uh, really plow a couple times and, and, uh, for running, it was uh, a lot better because I like to run outside and I hate the treadmill, um, running with prosthetic legs and the snow just turns into a disaster. So yeah, it's like ice skates or skis, I'm assuming. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 
so it could be beneficial if it was downhill, but there's <laughs> a point where where it doesn't work too well. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So before we get into to that, I want to go back a little further. So you uh, kind of just tooling around looking at your, your life and everything that's out there on social media for all of us, which is pretty scary. But um, your your background, you were a high school swimmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I swam in high school. Um, and, you know, this is before I was an amputee, but um, so I'm in high school, swam a little bit in college. Um, just, it's, it's just a, you know, a ton as a kid. Um, my, my dad, he owned and managed a motel and they had a pool. So just as a kid, I started swimming there. And I think my parents said I could swim across the pool when I was three. So it just, it just been something I really liked. And, and with the disease that I had, it, it, it was only, it's kind of one of the only few sports that I could do well at. So yeah, I, I enjoy swimming. And um, so the disease that you, you you were born with it is a genetic disease. Yeah, yeah. It it's uh, I, I I was born with a disease called Charcot Marie Tooth. Uh, they considered it a, a muscular dystrophy. Um, what it is, it's uh, it affects everyone different because there's just so many different subtypes. My subtype is very rare, where it's just turned into something very extreme. Um, my muscles, uh, particularly in my feet, uh, what it, what it would do over time, pretty much I was born with a, a great, you know, my body was fine, no problems, no, no signs. It wasn't until I was 12 that things started slowly getting worse and, and, uh, the feet would deform, the muscles would fatigue, um, atrophy and, you know, kind of, you know, a real severe case of chicken legs, um, and uh, they they uh, just wouldn't function well. So like the some of the motions wouldn't work, and the the, the you know deformed foot, um, and then trying to walk on it, and, and the doctors would do surgeries and and and, and uh, uh, braces to try to fix it, and um, you know would work for a little while, and then it just get worse and and so forth, and and to the point where there really wasn't much of a foot left and where, you know, where my heel was, where a lot, you know, where everybody's heel is, is where my ankle was. And, and it was just causing so much damage and pain that I couldn't walk. So that's, that's kind of where, um, uh, the next step was is amputation. So, but, uh, but going back to high school, you were able to swim with no problem because there was no pressure on your feet. Yeah. Yeah, no, no pressure. It was fine. I mean, I, I could kick. Okay. I could do the butterfly was probably my best event. Um, I could jump off the block. All right. Flip turns was fine. Um, you know, just walking in general was, was, uh, you know, kind of a, was a struggle. So, so that, that's what I, that's why I like swimming. Cause it was something that I could do and be competitive in with with able-bodied people okay and so then um so your your background was swimming not running not biking um it was just primarily swimming yeah yeah no i i i tried to run a little bit you know play basketball with my brothers or something like that but it just it wasn't really you know well it was you know it, it was 
nothing really. I mean, a right. person could walk faster than I could run. Um, and then biking was okay just because it didn't require too much um, foot strength and stability. Um, I mean, I could still fire my quads and hamstrings, but the calf muscle was virtually gone. Um, and, and, and so, uh, uh, biking was just, you know, something, you know, I like to do, but it wasn't, wasn't my favorite of the, you know, favorite thing to do as much as swimming. And so then fast forward to your early thirties, um, cause I think you're around 34 right now, if I saw correctly. Yep. 34. I'll be, I'll, I'll hit 35 here in a, in a, about a, a few weeks. I'm getting old. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, most of the people on my show are as old as us. I'm 43. So you got, you got a little bit of time to get to my, <laughs> my ripe old age, <laughs> but you, uh, you basically had a, sound like you had a decision to make with either um, your, your ankles, right? It was either fusing your ankles, which would give you limited mobility or go for double amputation. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of came down to the choice, you know, it, it got to the point where I just walking was like a workout, like even, even to go up to the bathroom, I was, and I started crawling at this point. And that's when I was like, Ugh. holy crap, you know, this is just getting worse and worse. And, and all the foot doctors I've seen, they, you know, they kind of warned me that this could be progressive. You'll probably end up in a wheelchair. Um, finally, I saw a specialist that, uh, gave me an option, you know, we could do one more, which is just pretty much fusing all the joints together. So you would have no flexion in your ankle and, 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 uh, but it's, you know, there's so much damage and screws and plates in your feet anyway, that it, it's probably going to be a bad deal. Um, and I could tell he was leaning, Hey, you know, you should do amputation, but at the same time, you know, I was in the doctor's office in tears and hearing all this, you know, scary stuff. And, and I, you know, I could tell he didn't really want to say flat out, yeah, let's amputate. And, and I just, you know, felt compelled that that was a, a good option. And, and when we started talking about that, you know, he opened up and said, you know, told me about the prosthetics and, and the amazing things that, uh, that amputees can do with, with the advancements in prosthetics. And being that I was a younger father, that's kind of what I wanted to do is still be active and, and maybe do some of the things I always wanted to do. Um, and maybe prosthetic was the best, best route versus, you know, uh, the other option. And so that's when we made that, uh, ultimate choice. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a long journey, but it's, uh, it's as of today, it's been the choice I'm glad I went with. Yeah. And I think it's cool. It's not, you're, you're obviously your, your number one reason for doing it or your top reason for doing it was for your family. Cause you're, you're a husband and you're a father of four kids. So it was, uh, obviously athletics, you know, you wanted to be able to do some cool stuff, but being with your family at such a young age is what you wanted to do primarily. Yeah, that was, that was on my mindset going into it. I mean, to just get up and, and, you know, play at the kids at the park or, or just, you know, be, you know, do things around the house and not have my wife pretty much be a single mother taking care of, you know, me, I want to be a contributor. And so that, that, that would be the best case scenario coming out of my, my mind. I, you know, where I am now, I never imagined that uh, the things I'm doing now that it would have been a possibility, um, you know, a couple of years ago. So. Okay. And then, so then the story is again, that I read or heard is 
you're in the you're in the hospital and recovering and you turn it's in november so you turn on nbc and there's there's the kona there's kona um the, you know, the <laughs> emmy award-winning kona kona broadcast right oh yeah yeah if, if those if you haven't watched it it is it is seriously one of the most motivating shows and it just the the guy's voice and, and the backstories i mean it i just had my legs amputated and and uh, you know learning how to go to the bathroom and you know eating and just getting around really physical you know minor physical therapy occupational therapy and uh um you know had some downtime and that show came on and you know and i've always wanted to do that just because of the swimming aspect but you know biking and running just seemed like you know not something that i could never do just because it was you know running especially it's, it's just too too extreme um, and, and I, I don't know any other amputees, let alone any on the TV show, there was actually somebody running with the prosthetic and, you know, part of the B-roll, the, the program. So at the time I was, you know, very moved by the, the, the show, but at the same time, very sad because I was thinking I could never do that until I saw, uh, you know, the possibility of some, you know, that I could do that when there was an amputee running the race and, that's when, um, you know, I did some research and thought, oh, you know, a doubles can, can do triathlons. And, and that's when I wanted to make it my goal. And it's just, just was like a lightning bolt that hit me right there in the bed and, and just a fire that just, I can't seem to put out is that, you know, that is, that is my goal. It's, it's, it's been one of those lessons in life that, you know, I can't explain it to people, even though people are like, you're crazy for trying to attempt something like this. And, you know, I don't blame him because it you know doesn't make sense. The guy that's missing his legs that wants to do something like that, but at the same time, I, I, I can't explain. I don't really have a, a solemn reason that you know why. You know, I'm sure people that listen to this podcast do know. So I, you know, that's nice. You know, but you know, those, usually us triathletes are pretty crazy and. Yeah, no, this, my, my, the listeners on my show are just as crazy as us. So they're all going to get why you want to do this. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all going to, they're all going to get why the, you didn't even think about walking out of bed. You thought about swimming, biking and running and doing Kona no less. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I usually tell people when they ask me why I'm like, I, I tried to explain it. And now I've got my answer is, Listen, you know, if I have to explain it, you probably won't understand. <laughs> yes, that is the answer. <laughs> so, okay, so I know we're going to kind of fast forward and, and, and go through, you know, obviously the finer points of you going through rehab and everything, but you had to learn how to walk before you could even do anything else. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the, you know, just just in that motion was just a long process and I you know any amputee listeners out there would understand and that it it is a it is an uphill downhill battle like there'll be days that are great and then you'll have like a week where you're just feeling like you're going backwards in progression there it's just a process the 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 process of your stump healing um it changing shape you know right at the beginning you know when you get your when, when your legs are amputated or, or of some, of, you know, whether it be traumatic or surgical, it's, you know, there's a lot of scar tissue and there's nerves and, and there's, you know, the bone density is, is not the best. And there's a, there's a healing process just along with that. But also, you know, at the same time, it's amazing that the body can adapt to what you're 
forcing it to do and, and, and use it as something as, as, as weight bearing and um, adapt to that and just continue to push that. So walking was, was a struggle just, just because, um, you know, it, it's painful. It, it, it freaking hurts. You mean right where you, have it cut off is exhaustible right where you're putting all your body weight. And I, I'm, you know, not a very lightweight guy. I'm, you know, 200 plus pounds. And so it, 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 it hurt quite a bit and it took a lot of time going to the doctor and getting it fitted correctly. And then, then pretty soon my limb would change shape because of, you know, I'm losing weight or just the scar tissue and the, and the fluids inside the, the limb start to lose their shape. And so, um, I have to get a different size socket. And when that happens, then it's, it's starting all over through the, the learning process of how to adapt to it. And then just finding the balance and, and, and um, figuring out, you know, how to use your knees and your hips to function in every capacity, just not just walking, but driving a car and, you know, just adjusting the weight of your body and your knees and hips versus your ankle. Um, it, it was just a, it was a learning curve. And how long did that, take you just to do normal quote-unquote normal daily functions um it it took me a while at first because i got and i got infected at first and they actually had to go in there and, and and do another um amputation on one of them so actually one of my limbs is a little bit shorter um that that was kind of a you know a big bump in the road for me emotionally um as well as physically but um, that it, it, it took me, I think just without any major complications, it was about three months before I could go full weight bearing. And that's actually pretty good compared to other amputees I've taught to, um, no, the most common amputation or reason for amputation is going to be, you know, diabetes. And, and usually people that are in that position, um, are, are generally unhealthy, um, not all, but usually when they're in that position. And so it, it does take them a little bit longer. Um, but, but for me, um, you know, it was, the, the amputation was done surgically. So a lot of the nerves were placed in the right uh, location, the muscles and everything. So it was, it was a really clean amputation. My, li my limbs um, before the infection, you know, they, they look very um, uh nicely shaped like it, it doesn't it looks more like a cone versus somewhere it kind of looks a little mangled like my my, my left is a little bit different shape because of the reamputation. but um it it uh it I, I would say three months before walking and then it was about five before i could start doing a little jogging on it and did your doctors think you were crazy when you asked them how long before you could do a triathlon <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, they, they suggested a wait a year. Uh, one, one of my doctors was very supportive. He knew my personality. I mean, he, he was actually the, the surgeon himself, and he knew that I was going to be a runner anyways. You know, he just knew that I had that, that kind of, you know, tenacity that I, I wasn't going to let, you know, things um, hold me back. I and mean, it was very adaptive to, to change. And so he knew that. But uh, my other prosthetist kept saying, you know, you're my leg maker, he kept saying, don't, you know, you should wait a year. It's, you don't want to ruin it. You're going to make it worse. And then pretty soon you're going to have to have more amputations. And so, you know, and of course my parents were probably the biggest advocate of, you know, telling me to take it easy and my wife and, 
so with, with all that in my head, you know, it, you know, I was trying to, to weigh out, you know, obviously I, I wanted, wanted it so badly that, you know, I, I kind of had to do this for myself and, and, and make, you know, think about what was best for me. And so I, I ended up pushing myself and, and, and completing my first triathlon, which is just the sprint distance about, uh, five and a half months after, uh, my amputation. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, uh, and you did that on, um, on walking prosthetic legs, right? These are not blades that you had on. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the time, you know, I would have liked to have running blades, but my insurance, um, my insurance, uh, told me that it's not medically necessary or they consider, uh, running blades to be a luxury. So I, I only had walking legs at the time. Um, but you know, I, you know, that's, you know, that's just part of the story of how I was able to get running blades is that race there was able, was uh, allowed me to be getting noticed by a, an organization called amputee blade runners that was able to get me blades down the road. But yeah, that, that race was, was difficult. Just not just because it hurt like crazy to walk. I mean, it, it was like running on concrete barefoot is the best way I can explain it just because walking legs didn't have the suspension or the energy that a running blade does. And, um, you know, it hurt and, you know, my muscles were, you know, like a child really because they, they haven't been developed growing up with the disease. I, 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 those muscles weren't really used much because the way I walked. And so I had all those muscles had to be developed to the point where once I finished that 5k portion, I, I collapsed and I laugh now because, you know, 5k is nothing. And, and it's just, it's, it's interesting how, how things have developed from now, from then till now. And, and I'm going to assume in true triathlete fashion, you were in pain and suffering the entire race, you cross the finish line, you collapse and you're like, that was awesome. I got to do something longer. <laughs> exactly. No, as soon as I finished, I, I went back and, Oh man, I, I still was dead, but at the same time, I wanted to make it my goal to do the Olympic distance that year also on my walking legs. And, um, it was, uh, two and a half months later that I do the, uh, the Olympic distance, um, here, a local race here in town. So that's, uh, that happened that year. And, and then, you know, just like the other race, I thought if I could do that, my next goal, is to do a 70.3 and, and move on from there. And, and, you know, ultimately my goal is to do the Ironman. And, and, and so right now where I'm sitting is uh, I'm, you know, closer and closer to that moment. So I want to, I definitely want to talk about that. And you have another lofty goal coming up in a couple months, but so you did the Olympic distance again on a walking prosthetics. And then was it the amputee blade runners um, company or organization that helped you get the running blades? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I was able to reach out to them and, and, and contact them trying to tell them what my story was. And, and they're an organization, a uh, nonprofit that understands that there are amputees that really do want to run, not just to run, not just to have a running leg, just because they can have one. Um, because it's not having a running prosthetic as an amputee isn't like a magic pill that all of a sudden you slide it on and you're, you know, you're Jesse Thomas or something like that. You, you are, you, you're, you're just like everyone else. In fact, less because 
you know, a running blade isn't an advantage uh, as, as someone with um, meat legs. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, the, the return on the carbon fiber that it gives back to you when you run um, is actually less than you, what you would get um, normally. And so you have to work for it, um, train, you have to, you know, stretch and do everything like you would normally, but you have to do it even more because now you have a disadvantage with a prosthetic. Um, and so uh, just, you know, to stay competitive, you have to work even harder, but they, they recognize that and they want those kind of people to, to be, you know, running. And, and so I, they invited me to go out to Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I was fitted for um, some running prosthetics from a company um, actually out of Chattanooga, but they developed the, the carbon fiber just not far from my house and uh, um, where, they, where they make the, the prosthetic blades. And I got to see that process too. And uh, I got a, a pair of running blades for free. And um, it's, just, it's just been an uh, amazing life-changing experience to have that because now I can run um, just, just that whole feeling of, you know, the wind, you know, in your face as you're running and just that motion, it just, it becomes a natural, um, spiritual experience when you're running. Um, I've never had that until, you know, 33, 34 years old. And I could see, you know, the hype, you know, why, why people are, are running. I always thought they were idiots, but now I get it. Um, so that it was amazing. Um, earlier this year, as I was running, um, I, 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 you know, remember, you know, just feel blessed how lucky I am as an individual to have running blades and, and to be doing the things I love and then some, um, and doing things, you know, maybe in the future, even more things, but you know, how that, that, that pivotal moment in my life when I got these running blades and, you know, how lucky I was, I, I wish somebody else could have that same experience. And so, because it's a nonprofit organization, I, I'm actually trying to um, raise money for um, a marathon that I'm doing, which is will be my first attempt at a marathon um, uh, for this organization. Um, and what they do is uh, because running blades can cost anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand dollars, the um, the components of it, the companies that provide the components, also donate and some of their items for cost and the prosthetists do their time at cost, uh, they can get the cost down to almost $3,000 for just one running leg uh, below the knee. So if I can raise that and help out one individual, I mean, that, that will just make my day. So that's, that's where I'm at right now as I'm working towards that goal. And I will definitely put this in the show notes and put it out there, but this is why, so you're, you're raising this money while running, while training for your first marathon, which is sometime in June. Yep. Yep. I, I've already done 70.3s and, and then like, like I said, my next step is to do the Ironman. That would be the ultimate goal. Um, but where, where my hangup is, is running. I mean, it's running is, even though I have running blades, it's still a, a huge challenge. Uh, um, I, I'm not very fast. I, I, I know I, with the disease there's, it still affects other parts of my body. So I still struggle physically um, with the muscles that that, are, that fatigue and atrophy, um, but you know, obviously the running blades do help, um, and, uh, and and so that 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 is my weakness. So that's kind of where I'm focusing on. I know a lot of experts say you don't need to do a marathon before an Ironman, but 
yeah, it's just something I've always wanted to do. I want to do a marathon. Yeah, why not? And um, you're you're in that position where you're given the opportunity to do it. So, and I I just think it's so cool that you know, especially all my listeners who say this, we we do what we do because we're able to do it. And um, it sounds like you, that's why you're doing this because you are now able to do it. Yep, exactly. It, so tell me a little bit about this. You've done two seventy point threes. What was that like? I mean, obviously, big difference between sprint Olympic to seventy point three, but especially as a double amputee. Um, I mean, just the changing, right? So uh, being on the bike to the run had to be crazy. Oh yeah, it it. it <laughs> so before my first seventy point three, I I did a Ragnar. Which is a Ragnar, I, I did it with all, an all amputee team. We went from Chatt- Chattanooga to Nashville. And, um, and so my first experience, and I, I look back at it and I'm grateful at the time, it, sound, it just sounds stupid. I, I picked one of the hardest 7.3s, and that was the St. George. <laughs> Jesus. You know, <laughs> I wasn't mentally, I was ready, and I running not just for me. I got diagnosed with breast cancer and I wanted to run for her uh, just because I knew I, I don't know if I could have done it by myself for myself I, I knew I had to do it for somebody else but it, it was it was tough I did the St. George one and then I did the later that year and, and the difference between them um, Boulder was something uh, that was fun and I enjoyed doing it where St. George it felt like a survival thing like I ain't going to die somewhere on this course. Like I, I could just see someone come out with a wheelbarrow at the very end and just scoop me up and like on Monty Python, bring out your dead. <laughs> so, that's what I thought was going to happen. So, but yeah, they're there. I, I look back and, and I'm grateful for it to the fact that that's what I'm doing this year here. And Oh, about a month now or a month away to uh do the um saint george again and this time i focus heavily on the run and 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 hills and and i'm i'm wanting to you know beat my time by at least an hour and and that that is that is my focus on this race so here we are you know so a year later going back to the same course that just about almost killed you i mean you feel stronger mentally physically you feel better this time around yeah yeah i do i mean it, when you do when you do it once especially the hardest you I mean after that you know you can do it again um i i'm more mentally i'll be more mentally ready um it i i never thought i was would ever quit um but i'll tell you what like um if it wasn't for uh meeting a stranger on the course i i probably would have um i i need a, a, it was kind of a remarkable story um, he, he, uh, never met him before. He was struggling on the race as well. He had a, a really rough start in the water. He got kicked and almost got pulled under and had a tough bike. And, and I had a great swim and, and my bike was okay, except for I got a flat on mile 55. Go figure. Oh, come then, on. Really? Yeah, I know. I think I could walk it, but I, my, my biking legs are like pegs. There's no foot to it. And so I couldn't walk. So uh, I, I know I had to change that. I know I was, I was a little pissed off about that. Um, but, uh, you know, but mile one, I was cramping and he, he, he met me on the course around the same time. He's still struggling. And, you know, we just kind of put our arms around each other. And, you know, he said, he said something that will always stick in my mind is, 
you know, hey, I, I need a purpose for this race, you know, and I told him the same and, and we both agreed that we were going to finish this race together and, and that we, we just kept pushing ourselves. Now, he was a saint, you know, because he's a runner. You know, he, he does anywhere from five to six minute mile runs. I mean, he's that good. So I, I, I figured that out that he was there to help particularly, but it, it, it was just an emotional race at the very end of the finish line. We, we, we hugged and, and cried and it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing experience that, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, you know, how I, it, it was better than I could ever hope for. In, in completing a race that difficult. Um, but that it, it will probably, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'll ever have an amazing race like that ever um, and being my first one. Um, but at the same time, it, 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 uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm coming back. We're actually great friends now and he's going to be on the course again. So hopefully we see each other. Who, who is it? Do you, can you throw his name out there? Yeah, his uh, name is Robert Gegg. Um, he's actually, uh, training for full Ironman as well. Um, so he, he's going to be doing that, I, I believe this year. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's just an amazing, probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And again, you know, I don't, I wasn't a believer before this really of divine intervention and, 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 uh, you know, things are meant to happen. You know, I, I, I kind of had my own reasons why, you know, it just life is how it goes. You need to take it how you take, get it. But I believe this incident, there, there was a particular reason that we met. And I think it was, was, was together. And so it, it was just a great, great experience that, you know, I, I, I look back at is, is just, you know, one of my fondest moments. So that's, I mean, that's the coolest thing about our sport and our community and, why I wanted to start this podcast. There's just so many cool people out there. Um, and, and we all, we're all just connected in some crazy way by doing this crazy sport. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is, it is crazy, but it, it, I don't know what it is. It's addicting. Even, even sometimes I'll find myself tearing up in my office and I'm really not an emotional guy. And so I don't want to sound like a crybaby all the time, but I'll be watching some of the finished races that, that Ironman puts on and, and just seeing the people at the very end finish the Ironman and some of their first timers and stuff like that. And the announcer, you know, shouting and everyone's shouting. And I mean, how do you not get emotional or tear up about that? And, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't watch it. One of them without, you know, getting chills. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it works and, and they sucked you in into wanting to have you do an iron. If, if nothing else, but if nothing else, they got you off the, out of the bed, out of the recovery room and, and moving forward and, and getting to, to you to where you are today. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's been, it, it, it's been an amazing, you know, journey so far and to, you know, I've met so many great people. I've learned so many great experiences about myself that, you know, I look at my life and where it is now. You know, I still have so much more I can do and what I want to do. And, and, and really, I just discover things that, you know, about life that there's just so many possibilities. And it really just all reflects on how your attitude is and what, what you decide what you want to do and, and letting your fears that you've had, um, you know, to let those go. 
And, and, and where I look at it now, those experiences are so valuable to me that if I was given the opportunity, you know, hypothetically to live a different life, you know, with, without the disease, without, you know, being teased as a kid, without, you know, the pain, I don't, I don't think I would ever change it. I, I think those moments you just can't gain you have to go through and learn and 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 to be who i am now i'm happy with i am i'm happy with the situation that i am that i wouldn't want to change that i would not want it any different that makes sense no that's i mean that totally makes sense i'm sitting here like trying not to tear up as well so <laughs> you uh you totally exemplify what our what our sport and our community is all about um thank you yeah and i want to I, I we're kind of getting to the end of this, but I wanted to touch on two quick points to kind of tie this together. So you assuming you kick ass at your marathon in a couple months. So the Ironman is on the horizon for uh, 2019. Yeah, it is. I, um, that is, that is the, the definition of where I want it to be. I, I want to go into the race feeling a little bit com- confident and really the, the, even when, when the gun goes off in the water, I'm not thinking about the freaking swim. I'm not thinking about the bike. I'm thinking about the run. It just, okay. it terrifies me. Uh, and I, you know, I know the fourth element of the triathlon is the mind. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I constantly tell myself and, you know, sometimes I just get caught up in the moment and I get, you know, emotional while I'm sitting for the, for the gun to go off not about the water. I, I can care less if, if the water was shark infested. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about that stupid run. Um, so yeah, if, if I can get through that marathon, then my goal next 2019 is to do an Ironman. I, it'll probably be an early one. Um, I, I do a lot of things on the side. I, 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 um, I do some, uh, a lot of hunting, bow hunting. Um, and some of that conflicts a little bit with training, but you know, the focus is to get that Ironman under my belt. So it, just to throw a couple events out there that I've been eyeing is, is Boulder would be something I'd like to do, um, for 2019. Although that one's on a Sunday, uh, I do like Santa Rosa. Um, Texas is probably be the, the most ideal for me. However, it's a little early, so it kind of depends on how training goes in the winter. So that's that's that is the semi rough draft. Cool. Well, I um I hope we're all going to follow your journey going into next year. Um, and then before we kind of wrap this up, I have to end it with with the one question I ask all my guests. So it's the same question. I've gotten nineteen different answers. So here we go. You ready? <laughs> If you could go back to your very first day of training um, a couple of years ago and knowing everything you know now, um, what would you tell yourself then based on your experiences you had the past couple of years? Hmm. Man, that's a good question. I kind of be like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> that's too boring and too easy. <laughs> now, now, I will tell you, some people get philosophical with this and some people are, are like, I would tell myself to to learn how to unclip a clipless pedal i i would at the time my first day of training 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say my first day of running. Okay. Cause my first day of training was swimming because I, 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 I pulled before I had legs. Um, and, uh, my first day of running was probably maybe 20 yards. That was, that was the furthest I got. And I was wow. done for like a day and a half. It was, it was done. And it was very frustrating. Cause I was like, how the hell am I supposed to do 26 miles, let alone, I, I, I actually have a, an inner desire to do an ultra as well, but um, how, how is that even possible? So it, it was demoralizing to go that far. And then the next day, I think I even went less. So what I would tell myself is pretty much, and, and this could apply to tons of things in life, is that there'll be days that you'll have a step forward and you'll have a day that you'll have a step back. But if you're constantly keep going forward on average, you will eventually have more days going forward. And that's exactly what started going on. So I was stressing over nothing. Um, even, even when I ran my first 5k, I mean, it was like 20 minute miles. Um, and I was like, you know, you know, stressing about that. And I look at it now and, and that's, that, 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 that's not even a warm up. Um, and so it's, it, it, I was stressing over nothing. And even now it, I, it still kind of sinks in, sneaks in a little bit as I finished my first half marathon. I was like, how am I supposed to do this again? And so, uh, you know, same concept, just Take it easy, and you'll. If you keep pushing forward, eventually you'll get there. You just gotta look at those moments that you fall backwards, is that there's just a bump in the road in this journey. Awesome, that's an awesome answer. See, that's better than me asking what your favorite color is. <laughs> Blue. There you go. Perfect. I'll put that in there too. Awesome. So, Sydney, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you coming on my show. Um, people find you on Instagram. You're at try underscore no feet and yep. um, you're training for your first marathon and hashtag for that is hashtag lend a leg. Hashtag lend a leg. There's a link in my uh, bio right now. Um, if you want, like to donate, like I said, any, even five bucks would help. Um, you know, just that that's kind of, kind of a, a and you could see you know if you want to see my story it's on there too or just even scroll down through instagram you could see i've only been on instagram for a few years so you could kind of see the the progress of of where from where i was to where i am now so yeah yeah that's uh that's where you'll find me and and uh yeah it's just kind of a a journey that's that's been um you know in the works Awesome. Well, again, I, I appreciate you coming on my show and I appreciate um, what you've kind of told my listeners and it's very inspirational. I look forward to following your journey for, uh, for as long as you keep going, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, Jason. I appreciate you. Uh, get, uh, um, let me have the opportunity to, to share my experience. I, I hope, you know, any of your listeners out there, if they're, you know, in a rut or struggling that maybe this might've helped them just, you know, I, I like doing that because, you know, people have done that for me and it, it, it definitely helps, you know, just to, to have that push and to realize, you know, that, that life is just tough sometimes, but you're going to get better at it. So awesome. Well, this was a, this was perfect. And, and again, thank you so much, Sydney. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jason. All right. We will talk soon.
Yes. Bye. All right, there you have it. My conversation with Sydney Smith. Go follow him on Instagram, try underscore no feet. Support his campaign that he's doing next month to run his first marathon. Uh, hashtag Lendaleg. So uh, check that out as well and continue to support this guy in his quest for Kona. And everybody out there, thank you so much for listening and following. And don't forget to subscribe to my show on iTunes so you could see um, notifications of all my shows that are coming up, both cool conversations and some other cool stuff in between. All right, that's all I have for you today. This is Jason. Talk soon.